Thanks for joining us for this message from Awakened Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you're encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from God's Word together. And we're going to continue the series that we just started last week. It's a series that we call Wonderful Time of the Year. This is our Christmas series. Um, And Christmas is a special time of the year. Christmas is a time that's supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to be fun. There's supposed to be joy in it. And I think what I've thought about as of this is that it's really special when you're kids, when you're a kid. Like as kids, as we're growing up, that's like when Christmas is just the most alive that it has ever been in your life. I mean, I think about my own life and just as I was a kid, just the excitement and the anticipation that I had for Christmas. And I think a lot of us have similar stories where when we think about the joy and the wonder at Christmas time, we probably tie back to a memory from many years ago, from when we were growing up. And some of those favorite memories for me, maybe these will resonate for you. Um, I can remember when I was a, a real little kid, I was growing up in Pennsylvania. It snows a lot there. And I was a couple days before Christmas, and I remember looking out my window and watching the snowfall. And it was just a lot of snow. And I remember staring out of my window and watching it just blanket the earth, seeing it cover the trees. And it was so much snow moving so fast, but it was dead silent. And it was so quiet. And just witnessing it was just mesmerizing to me. It just gave me like a calm and an ease to my spirit, just even as a little kid. Um, I think about going to church as a kid. Um, let me see, just a raise of hands if you have ever played in a church play for Christmas time. Raise your hands. Yeah, most of us have probably had some role in that. When I was a kid, I got chosen to play Joseph in so many church plays, like more than I can count on my two hands. I've played Joseph so many times in these plays. But I think about doing that as a, as a kid, um, singing the like, very classic Christmas songs and Christmas carols. I think about acting out those really famous scenes from the Christmas story. And I think about um, looking off the stage as these songs are being sung and seeing my parents and my friends and their parents all out there taking pictures and laughing and singing along with us. It's just a a memory that I look back on and it makes me happy inside. Um, I think about Christmas morning and I think a lot of us probably resonate with this. I remember waking up before the sun was out. My parents aren't awake. It's only me. I'm wandering downstairs to figure out, did they, are the gifts there yet? Are they going to be under the tree? And I remember turning the corner. We had um, some stairs in our house. I would turn the corner into the living room, and I'd just see that warm um, glow of the Christmas lights in the living room. It's dead silent. I'm seeing the tinsel and the ornaments and the wrapping paper on those presents all sparkling and shiny. I see the stocking full overflowing with a bunch of random little knickknacks and toys I see on the table in our, in our kitchen all kinds of candy displayed out. And there's just this hope and this excitement about what might come out of those presents. And you just can't wait. And then I think about the afternoons on, on Christmas Day where my family would go to my grandparents' house for Christmas dinner. And there would be our grandparents there and all of our aunts and uncles and all of our cousins. And there'd just be this constant buzz of conversations all over the house. And everyone's laughing and all the cousins are running around together and getting into messes. And there's dinner and desserts all over the tables. And there's just this warmth of relationship that you experience in that. And those are memories that we look back on. And that's what makes Christmas special. When we think about the wonder, we want that type of feeling again. But what happens a lot of time is as we get older, those feelings that, about the wonder that we have, it starts to fade. It's not quite what it was when we were kids. It starts to be a little different. And what happens is 
Christmas starts flying by faster and faster. It's like, it's already December 12th. We're like halfway to Christmas. Is that not like shocking to you guys? It's just whizzing by so quick. And I've barely had time to even think about it being Christmas time. And I've noticed that new feelings start taking over as I've gotten older. Instead of wonder, I'm getting a lot more stress. I have all kinds of obligations at work. Seems like it's busier than ever. There's all kinds of Christmas parties, which are supposed to be fun, and they are, but it's just another obligation on the plate. Think of all the Christmas gifts that I need to get. How am I going to afford all that? How am I going to still pay all my bills? And there's just all this stress that starts to overwhelm you. Um, there's sadness for a lot of us in Christmas time now. When it's supposed to be joyful and full of wonder, it's, it's kind of brokenhearted. I think about my, in my own family, myself and my wife um, both have lost our grandfather this, this year. This is the first Christmas without them. And it's sad to think about they're not going to be there when we call our grandparents to have those conversations. I think a lot of us can feel that. Maybe it's a death in the family. It could be um, the brokenness and, and pain of having a bad diagnosis, um, having a friend who's in the hospital. It could be um, the brokenness of just seeing what just happened the other day. These tornadoes ripped through and destroyed so many people's lives and took many people's lives. And when we look at that, it starts to overwhelm us and starts to really rob that excitement and that wonder. And I've noticed that these circumstances do that. And today, I want to help us understand where our wonder actually comes from, where it's supposed to come from. That's going to be the title of our our message today, Where Our Wonder Comes From. And we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 25. If you want to start heading there now, so you're you're ready for when we read it. And we're going to be looking for truth in this. I'm looking for some truth that's going to restore that wonder and bring it back from the right place. That's what our goal is going to be here. And we're going to be reading about a guy who actually felt very similar to the way that we can feel in this Christmas season. We're going to be reading about a guy named Joseph, who is in a season of life that was supposed to be really exciting. It's supposed to be full of wonder and joy, but it wasn't that for him. And the reason why is because Joseph it was betrothed to Mary, um, Mary, mother of Jesus. Joseph is going to be the earthly father of Jesus um, once he's born. And Joseph is betrothed to Mary, but that, that term betrothed is important for us to understand why Joseph would be so broken. Um, betrothed doesn't just mean engaged. It's a little deeper than that. Um, betrothed was actually something that came after you were engaged. So you were engaged to be married, then you'd be betrothed, which meant that you were technically legally married to that person already, but you still lived separately for usually a year or slightly more than that. And the reason why you'd be betrothed is because that was supposed to be a season of showing your future spouse that, or spouse that you have that you're going to be living with that you are, have integrity and desire to be in that relationship. So even though you're separate, you say, I'm not going to go have other relationships. I'm not seeking to be with other people. That is the only person for me. And I'm going to live a life that shows them that they're the most important. I'm not looking for other relationships. It'd be a time that you'd be gathering your finances. You'd be preparing to separate and move from your family's house and to begin to have a life together with that spouse after you were betrothed. So for Joseph to find out that Mary was pregnant at this time would have been extremely broken he would have been really brokenhearted. He would have felt betrayed. He would feel really sad about this. 
all of the joy and wonder of what that season was supposed to be was pulled and ripped from him. And Joseph is trying to work through what he's even going to do. So Joseph decides and he puts it away in his heart. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to divorce Mary. I'm just going to try to put this behind me. I'm going to do it quietly and I'm just going to try to move on. And you can almost feel just the numbness in that decision. I just want to forget this. That's sort of where Joseph is at. So he's decided that he's going to divorce Mary. And that's where we're picking up in verse 20. If we're going to read this all together right now, verse 20 through 25. But as Joseph considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, the first point that I have for you guys comes from all of this. And this is the first thing that we're going to put into action in our lives to get our wonder back and to learn where our wonder comes from. Point one, fight the things that pull you from the truth of Jesus. Fight the things that pull you from the truth of Jesus. So like I said, Joseph has a lot on his mind. He's got a lot of stuff weighing on his heart in this season. He resolves he's going to divorce Mary and he goes to sleep. And in the night, he has a dream. And in this dream, he receives a message from an angel. And this angel tells him, do not fear for this baby is from the Holy Spirit. And basically what he's getting at there that Joseph would understand is that there's a lot more than meets the eye going on in this situation that that you're witnessing. What looks like a lot of pain and doesn't look good to you, it's so much deeper than that. There's so much more happening under the surface that you need to be able to see. And then what he does is he tells them who this child would be. He says, this child is special and his name will be Jesus and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, those names are going to be a big topic we're going to talk about today, but those names are more than just titles. So we have to understand Joseph would have heard this and it would have been a lot deeper than just, oh, his name's Jesus, his name's Emmanuel. It's a lot more than that. Um, Those titles are actually descriptions of who this baby would be, the type of life that he would live and the type of character that he would have. So that's the way Joseph is interpreting this as this angel speaks to him. So Joseph, after waking up from this dream, he would need to really fight to accept this truth that was shared with him. And I want to kind of help you guys understand how challenging that would be if you're in Joseph's shoes, how hard that fight actually is. Because it's not as simple as we might read it to be, oh, it's just something I do so easy. The last time God had spoken was to Mary, but Joseph didn't even know about that conversation. So the time that God had spoken before Mary was 400 years ago. There's been 400 years of silence that have gone by since the last time God spoke in any kind of revelation to anyone. So if you're Joseph, basically a a nobody kid from a small town, and you have this dream, I want you to think about how hard it would be to truly believe what was spoken to you in that dream. 
how challenging it would be to accept that as truth, to not just think, oh, I was just, I'm just super stressed out right now and I had this crazy dream, but to buy into it and trust it, he would have to fight to do that. And I want you guys to understand that no matter the distractions that would come after this moment for Joseph, all of the hardships and, and weird situations he'd find himself in, no matter the comments that people were going to say to him, that they were going to say about Mary, um, no matter the doubts that he was going to feel, he would have to fight to focus on the identity of that baby above everything else. And the lesson for us in this is that we need to fight to stay focused on Jesus over everything else in this season. If Christmas is going to be full of wonder, then we got to fight to focus on that. Who is this baby? And we have to understand that, yes, all of that other stuff that's going on in life, we're not just saying that that's nothing, because I know that we, we feel those things, and it is important to take care of those things and make sure we're, we're on top of what we need to be responsible over. But that stuff can't rule our minds in this season more than Jesus does. We need to have our focus on him alone and fight to focus on him. No matter our stress, the sadness, the busyness. I know for some of us, maybe there's not really that stress or that brokenness, but I want you guys to think about this as well. Your familiarity with Christmas time can also rob you of the experience of wonder that we should really have. Maybe we've lived through quite a few Christmases. We know all the traditions. We've heard the Christmas story. We've read it a million times at this point. We've sung all the songs. We've wrapped the presents. We've done it. It's easy for it just to fly by and us just go, you know, with the motions. But we can't let that happen. We need to fight to focus and put Jesus at the center of all of this. And that's when the life is going to come out of this. That's the only way the wonder of Christmas is truly going to be experienced. So if we're going to fight to focus on him, we need to understand why we're focusing on him. Like, who is Jesus, really? What's, what's so special about him? Why does this fill us with wonder? And the way we're going to do that is by reading verses 21. That's where we're starting. We're going to look at his names that it says. So verse 21, it said, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is our second point that's going to come from this. And this is really the first thing that we want to focus on to really draw the wonder out of Christmas again. Point two, Jesus' birth means freedom from sin, death, fear, and shame. Jesus' birth means freedom from sin, death, fear, and shame. So Jesus' name in Hebrew, it means God saves. And so when this is spoken to Joseph, he hears this name, this baby will be named Jesus, God saves. And then he makes it really clear. He, he goes a little further. He makes, makes it very easy for him to understand because in verse 21, he said, for he will save his people from their sin. That's how he's going to be the one who saves. So this is telling us that Jesus is going to take away the sin of the world, that he's going to end the grip of death on humanity. Before Jesus Every single one of us humans is stamped with a seal of death and sin that you can't get off. It's, it's planted on you and there's nothing you can do to escape it. And that sin brings emptiness. That sin brings 
no purpose to life. That sin ruins, it's decay, it's death, it's, it's terrible. But Jesus puts an end to that. And what we learn there is that Jesus, this baby, is going to be the one who can wipe that stamp clean. He's the only way. Because what he would do would bring forgiveness to where we're cleansed and purified. It means that Jesus is going to set us free. That there's going to be freedom and that we don't have to have fear and shame anymore. There doesn't need to be fear of rejection before God. We don't have to worry that God's going to look at us one day and be like, you're not good enough. I'm done with you. We don't have to fear that because of Jesus. No matter what we have done, we know that we've fallen short. We know that we've disobeyed. We haven't lived in a way that honors God. And because of Jesus, we don't have to fear the rejection of God. Because of Jesus, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how disobedient you've been. It doesn't matter the mistakes that you've walked in. You don't have to have shame or guilt any longer because Jesus wipes it clean. And this freedom doesn't just mean that that stuff is done. This opportunity to walk in freedom because of this baby who was born, this means that you have freedom to walk sin-free in a life that truly brings purpose and joy and fullness. That's what we get in Jesus because he is the one who saves. This means that we have freedom to no longer walk in sin, to no longer be bound and locked into those sinful lifestyles, but choose a new way that results in life. That's what Jesus being the one who's the savior of our sins means. And I know that at Christmas time, it's so exciting as kids and as adults to come downstairs on Christmas morning to open gifts and to see those gifts under the Christmas tree, to give them to our friends and our family and see their faces light up. And that's a great aspect of Christmas. But honestly, we should be a little less excited about gifts that are under the tree. And we should be a little bit more excited about the gifts that come from the one who hung on the tree. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And the fact that he did that is something that we should focus on in this season. We should be filled up and jumping out of our seats with joy because of that. That's not a small thing. That's where the wonder of Christmas comes from. That's where joy comes from in this season. We need to be reminded of that because it is worth celebrating and it's so easy to forget. That wonder of Christmas is only going to come when we draw it out and we shine a light on those truths of what it means that Jesus is Jesus, the God who saves, the Savior of the world. That's where wonder comes from. So Jesus is the Savior. That's what we read right there. But that's not the only gift that we're given in Jesus. Um, There's more, and we're going to read verses 22 and 23 one more time, get our third point says, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the, the second area where our wonder should come from, and it's our third point today. It's Jesus' birth invites us into God's divine family for eternity. Jesus' birth invites us into God's divine family for eternity. So the key to this point comes from the end of verse 23, where it said, he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
Now, what that's telling us is that God stepped into our world, not some other world, our world. That's the same world that we're walking on with our own two feet. God came and stepped into it. And what it is telling us is that he did this to be with us because he wanted to know us and he wanted to be known by us. He wants to have relationship with us, but he, more importantly, he wants us to know him. And I want us to dig into that a little bit because this relationship, this, this fact that Jesus came to be God with us is very deep and impactful. It's something special because Jesus came to be in relationship with us, not like a friendly neighbor. I, I think of my own neighbors. I have some really cool neighbors, the people that live beside me. I have good relationships with them. They're, they're very nice people. I know a little bit about what's going on in their life. If I see them outside, I can have a conversation with them. They know me and my family. They know kind of generally the things that we're going through a little bit, and um, we're on good terms. But that's not actually the relationship that Jesus wants to have with you. I want you to think about the relationship that you have um, with a family member or a friend. That's the deepest relationship you have. Now, I want you to think about that relationship, and God wants to be even deeper than that. God wants to not just know a little bit about you. He doesn't want you just to know a little bit about him. He wants to know everything about you. He already knows it, but he wants you to share it with him. The things that annoy you, the things that upset you, the things that you're struggling with, the things that you're excited about, the things that you're hoping for, the dreams that you have, the things that you're just worried over, all of that stuff, God wants to know it. That's what it means that he is God with us that he wants that kind of a relationship. I think that's such a beautiful thing. He wants us to be a part of his family. That's what it meant that he came to this earth and was born as a baby. He chose us and he adopts us for the sake of ongoing relationship. That's what he's done. I want to read a verse for you guys. Ephesians 1 verses 4 and 5 actually where it really spells this out in plain words. It says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, God predestined us for adoption to himself as sons and daughters through Jesus, according to the purpose of his will. It's because of Jesus, because of this baby that was born, That's where our wonder come from. It's because of him that we're adopted. And when you've been adopted into God's family, that means you're no longer a part of the world. That means you are under his last name now. You are a child of God. That means that you have an inheritance that comes with that new family. That means that there's benefits that come from being under his leadership and his guidance and his love. And that inheritance, just to name a couple of those things, there's so many, but just to name a a few, that means you're never alone. No matter how isolated you may feel, no matter how broken you may feel, no matter the struggles that you may be facing or or a family member's facing that you have taken the burden on yourself to deal with, you are not alone. You can lean in to Jesus. He sent the Holy Spirit to fill you up, to help you, to guide you and to sustain you. That is part of your inheritance. That's what it means to be adopted into the family of God. It means that you can have peace and be content 
that no matter what the situation is, whether you've just lost a home or a family member that's passed away or some other situation in life that you're feeling broken about, you can have peace that passes understanding because of Jesus. No matter what you have or don't have, you can be content because of Jesus. That's something to be excited about. That's something to be joyful about. That's something to be full of wonder about. And then ultimately, we have eternity with Jesus to look forward to. That's something to be really excited about. That's something that we can be hopeful for. We look forward to one day, to spending eternity with Jesus in paradise. That's part of our inheritance. That's part of what it means that Jesus came to be God with us. That's adoption. Now, this gift of adoption into God's family for eternity, this gift actually gets left half-opened by a lot of us. And what I mean by that is a lot of us as Christians, we accept that eternity part. We are excited about the being with Jesus in heaven. But then we totally neglect the part about him being God with us right now. And we don't pursue that relationship with him that we really could. And we miss out on so much of what it means to be adopted into his family. Jesus came to be God with us right now, and that's something that we can celebrate this Christmas. And that's where our wonder is going to really be stirred up. When you engage with the living God, when you, when you celebrate Christmas with the creator of the universe, with the, the God who came to earth to walk the same ground as you, who knows the struggles that you're facing and wants to do it alongside you and wants you to walk alongside him. That is something amazing. And that means that we should make it a point this Christmas to dive deeper into that relationship, to pursue that on a deeper level, to make it a priority. If that's what Christmas is about, putting Jesus at the center, understanding where our wonder comes from, celebrating him, then we should be driving towards that goal with everything we have. We should be fighting for it. We should be fighting to think deeper about what it means that he's the savior Think deeper about what it is that we've been adopted and how that actually applies to us. Not just take it for granted and walk through life and get into January and and put another Christmas behind us, but to be genuinely filled with wonder. This means that we should be spending time reading God's word, being filled up with the truth of God's word in this season, understanding who our God really is and how he would have us live to actually live lives that take advantage of that freedom and that life that he's given us. It's going to come from reading in, the, in his word. And finally, we should be making time for prayer, spending time sharing with him all of this stuff that's going on. And also, we should be making it a priority to serve in some capacity. If you want to see Jesus at work, go to where Jesus is working. Go give him an opportunity to pour out. Walk alongside him. That's why everything that's going on in our world, as broken as it is, everything that just took place with the tornadoes the other day, instead of just hiding in fear, we're going to step up. We're not going to say, I'm, I need to pray for a few weeks and see if this is really what God wants for me. No, he does want it, and we need to get up right now. And if you do that, you're going to see the wonder of God firsthand. You're going to be a witness to it. You're going to be able to see how God works. 
if we do all of those things, if we make that a priority, then that means that these truths are going to really be where our wonder comes from. That these truths are going to restore that wonder that we used to have, but not because it's just presence as kids or because we like hanging out with our family, but because we truly know why this is the most wonderful time of the year. Because we're truly celebrating. As we worship, our voices aren't just low and calm and kind of muted, but we're crying out till our voices are sore because we're so thankful for what it means that Jesus came and was born. So I want you guys to be reminded this year as you guys are opening gifts, as we are excited about that, we look forward to that. As you are opening those gifts, be reminded of the gifts that you have in Jesus. Each time you open a present, remember that there's been gifts that have been given to you unlike anything else that you could ever receive. As you guys are spending time with your family and your friends and you're experiencing those warm relationships and that love from them, be reminded that you've been adopted into God's family. You have an inheritance with him. He wants to know you. You can have a relationship and a deeper warmth of relationship with him than you can with anybody on this planet. And as we're driving through our neighborhoods, seeing Christmas lights, as we're lulled to sleep by these iconic Christmas songs, and it's peaceful and, and, and just life-giving. I want you guys to be reminded of the peace and the joy that comes because of Jesus being born. That's where our wonder comes from. And if we fight to focus on those things and fight to dig deeper into those truths, then we're going to restore that wonder. And this is going to be one of the best Christmases we've ever had. Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.